You are now tuning in to the Game Sports Show Special Edition Upload. These special edition uploads are presented by Little Caesars Pizza and powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, also known as TGEM. Make sure you check out and subscribe to the TGEM Network YouTube channel, a one-stop shop for all your podcast and video content needs. And of course, make sure to follow the Game Sports Show on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get to the TGEM Studios with this, as always, high-end, electrifying content. The Game Sports Show Special Edition Upload. Sports fans, hang those team jerseys or other collectibles in style with help from the guys at thesportdisplays.com as they have you covered. Thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount. The jersey mount is an affordable, easy to install, and kick-ass way to decorate your man cave, dorm, home, or office. Went to a totally badass concert and want to show off some of your memorabilia yeah the jersey mount can help you with that or how about that wrestling pay-per-view event or live show you recently went to and you want to show off that wrestling collectible in style the jersey mount can help you with that or you want to represent your favorite sports team the jersey mount has you covered installation is so fast and so easy and the best part you won't damage your wall Pick up your jersey mount today over at thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount at thesportdisplays.com. Get yours today at thesportdisplays.com. Thesportdisplays.com. One more time, thesportdisplays.com. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McCaig Jr., bringing you another special edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment and Media and sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. Now, getting to the co-host joining me for the show, and he's the founding father of the Game Sports Show. He is the voice of our show with the ESPN 1400 editions on Radio Mondays, along with being involved in other shows here on the Game Entertainment Media platform. He has been involved in other shows such as In the Pocket, our top shelf edition and much more. And fun fact, he is one of my mentors and my vice president with the game entertainment and media. If you don't know who he is, well, make sure to check out all the other editions that he is involved with on the gamesportshow.com. The one and only Scott Nason. Scott, my friend, how's it going? Dave doing wonderful. You're making me sound rather old, their mentor and founding father. But again, I am kind of old, but always a pleasure to be on your show and looking forward to talking to our special guest here this afternoon. Certainly. And now, you know what? There's more that one day I will uh, mention this in other editions, but there's more involvement that you're going to have in mine and my fiance's life. But you know what? We'll save that for another another segment as uh, that time gets closer. We'll just tease listeners with that. Now, getting to our special edition guest. He was a third round pick, 70th overall by the St. Louis Blues in the 2008 NHL entry draft, which I must add, he was drafted ahead of Adam Henrique, Braden Holpe, TJ Brody, Jarrett Spurgeon, among others. He has played in 561 professional hockey league games. That's between the East Coast Hockey League, the American Hockey League, and overseas in Europe. Also, he played five seasons in the Ontario Hockey League between the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and the Plymouth Whalers. Yes, the Sioux Greyhounds. And as listeners know, the Sioux is the home base of the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment Media. So they will love that, a lot of those Sioux listeners, of course. And he has 286 points in the 561 professional level games and 173 points in his OHL career. And let's not forget, this man knows how to be a leader as well. He was a leader on the Sioux Greyhounds, and also he's been a leader overseas as well. The one and only James Livingston. James, glad to have you on for the show today. Thanks for having me, yeah. Awesome. You know, it's, you know what, we got connected uh, through social media, of course, and we have a post opener on the show. And before I get into kind of what our post opener topic is going to be, I must mention that not only is it a treat to have James on the show to talk about his full hockey career, but also because in relation of being a former Greyhound, okay, like it hits close to home, of course, and we love getting former Greyhounds on the show, and maybe there'll be a good series about former Greyhounds here on the Gamer Team and Media, just a little teaser for everybody oh another thing fun fact i personally was at the greyhound main camp when james was still there now we kind of did talk about this off air he doesn't really remember who i am so i guess the camp didn't go as good as i thought it would but nonetheless uh it's uh this was something close that team was has guys like jake muzzin you know those cat first year uh, cousins this 
This team was kind of at a retooling portion at that. Uh, Jordan Nolan was there. It was definitely a fun time for me to be at the camp, but I do remember James as much as he doesn't really remember who I am. <laughs> the social media, you're pretty active on there. And that's the post uh, opener topic that I want to get into. Uh, you, you know, you, you've played overseas. You've been traveling a little bit overseas. You've seen, you've been in Austria, Slovakia, and we're going to get into all that fun stuff, of course, for your playing career. But of all the places that you've visited, okay, and it could be in relation to hockey or not relation to hockey, within your travels, is there one specific place that was your favorite place to visit? Oh, wow. I've been, uh, I've been really fortunate to be able to travel a lot living in Europe. Um, my wife's actually Italian, so we spent a lot of time in Italy as well. Okay. Uh, just, just this summer, we actually went and saw, uh, we climbed up to the top of Mount Vesuvius. And that was something I've always wanted to do. So, so that definitely sticks out. I mean, it's, it's a pretty fresh memory, but uh, that was special for me. Yeah. And I think you visited Palm Bay, right? Yeah. We saw Pompeii and uh, Herculano. Yeah. We saw a lot of, uh, a lot of nice, neat stuff. And, and with COVID, the, the tourism obviously isn't what it was uh, before the pandemic. So it felt like it was like almost a private tour. So, so we were really fortunate to, to get to see all that. That's so cool. See, my mother yeah. actually from Italy herself, and she went back there just for the first time in over 50 years. She went back there last wow. year and she yeah. was able to kind of see uh, a lot of the scenery that she has. And she wants to go back because she didn't get the chance to see everything because there's so much to see there. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, you, yeah. You could spend months there for, and not see everything for sure. Literally. And the food must have. Oh, I can just imagine the food. Was it yeah, food? absolutely. I mean, actually, when I was in the Sioux, I, uh, I lived with, a, with an Italian family. So I, I got a little taste of the, the culture then. And then now I've been pretty fully immersed. So, yeah. yeah. So is pizza the thing there, though? Is like pizza was the pizza. Like, did you have the pizza there a lot right from Italy? Or is there something else that was better? Oh, everything's good. I mean, I, like you said, the food's the food's good. And I mean, I. I try, I try not to overindulge in the pasta and pizzas. It's harder to keep the pounds off here now that I'm a little older. So <laughs> no, I hear you. The, the, dad bod, <laughs> the dad bod without being a dad is in full effect. <laughs> I hear that. Scotty, I'll go over to you to dive into the, to the first topic. I won't take too much of the airtime. <laughs> yeah, James, uh, currently you're about to start, or maybe you have started your second season in Slovakia playing for HK, HK ProPod. Uh, how has that experience been so far? Obviously, last year with yeah, COVID, uh, looks like you were able to get a lot of games in. Just, just give our listeners uh, an idea of what it's like to play hockey in Slovakia. Um, yeah, so it's 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 it's. I've really enjoyed the experience. Uh, I didn't know what to expect really at all coming here. Um, it's kind of like people have maybe some misconceptions about the country, like oh, Slovakia. You're going to Eastern Europe. You don't know what to expect. Um, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised and, and continue to be, there's a really tough uh, language barrier. Mm -hmm. There's not a ton of English. Um, but aside from that, I mean, people are super friendly. Um, we, we have uh, here, especially the hockey is, is, is really high level and, and the fans love it. it. They're crazy about hockey here in the winter time, every pond freezes and the kids are all out there playing. Like they love the, the game and and I've enjoyed it. It's gorgeous. Where we live, especially, is in uh, one of the touristy areas uh, called the High Tatra Mountain Range. And we're able to do uh, lots of hiking with, uh, I have a dog. We're out, you know, walking, uh, exploring the beautiful nature, especially during the pandemic. We, we didn't get held back too much because we were able to be out in nature so much. Um, and then on the hockey side, it's very professional. It's, it's, it's a high level. A lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of the top Slovak players would go to maybe a higher league in Europe or uh, Russia, um, but there are a lot of good players that come here and a lot of good uh, international players as well. So like with Slovakia, I'm very interested. We're going to dive into everything with Europe. Yeah. How does, like, there's so many leagues you can play in in Europe. Like we can sit here for hours talking about different leagues, different, uh, you know, different cities, countries, everything. So what attracted you to Slovakia? What was Slovakia? Oh. Like, okay. Like I can imagine because of all the, how beautiful Slovakia is and all that, no. but it, well, I didn't know very much going in at all. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we were going to cover this later anyway, but I was playing on uh, the fight flyers and we, we really struggled and uh, the pandemic hit, the season was canceled and it got short. Uh, got, we got cut short as a, as we were last place team in the bottom. And uh, 
I didn't know what was going to happen with hockey in general. Some of the leagues weren't playing that league in the EIHL. Uh, the British league was canceled for the next season. And my, my wife and I went down to Italy to stay at her, uh, one of her families at her family's cottage. And I sat there without a job and no idea what was going to happen. It was a stressful time as it was for many during the pandemic. And I just started like blowing up GM's phones. So I have an agent that's great. He works, he does a great job and he was, you know, he's obviously um, rattling all the, you know, and, and I was calling. So I had a friend on this team in Pop Rad and we, we go back, we played on a few teams before Mike Dalhousen, good friend of mine. And uh, yeah, so he said, you know, like there might be an import spot opening. That That's one of the things in Europe is there's a finite number of imports. So a lot is contingent on if they have room for you, even if you're, you know, you're a guy with an amazing resume yeah. if they've already got full import roster then there's no space sorry yeah. so they said there might be a room you know you're gonna have to probably take a pay cut whatever and at that point i was just hey like i want to play at a high level i want to keep my hockey career going so i i jumped at the opportunity and uh and we drove here from italy and uh and it's been great i was pleasantly like i said i didn't know what to expect really but i was pleasantly surprised so See, and that's the thing is like just that import, you brought such a good point. And I've heard that story so much is that you can have yeah. a resume laid out as a, you could be a Stanley cup winner. You can be, you can just have a resume that's packed, but if they have no room, they, they can't take you. Uh, yeah. Cause if, if they were to like fire a guy to bring in another guy, then they're not only having to pay the new player, but they have to pay out the contract or, you know, come to an agreement anyway. Yeah. So it's a double, it's a double hit for the team. So when the import, when you're there, obviously you're, you don't have a ton of job security. I mean, you still have to produce, but for them to like get rid of you for no reason or something, it's, it's not really an option. No, that's right. So there's that little bit of security, which I'm sure is sort of, it's like, it's not like full security, but at least there's some of that there. And just to be able to play after the pandemic, which of course the pandemic has shook the world. It's a pandemic. So (laughs) it's the world in in a different way. And I've had uh, one of our co-hosts, Brendan Brooks played over in the IHL and he has a lot of friends in that league. And that, that, that league, it seems like got hit a lot, uh, like with, with the pandemic a little bit, but I'm sure there's more, European leagues that felt that effect because all that everyone sees here mostly is the NHL, the American Hockey League, maybe the OHL, right? Because of the Canadian North American side. But we try to talk about everything with overseas too, because that's that that had a lot of hits uh, in terms of all the yeah. leagues. The the way the leagues are set up here, I mean, um, it it's it's very much attendance based. So if if you can't have the fans, and that was the EIHL's uh, biggest issue. Yep. then there's no reason for the sponsors to put in money and, and there's no way to pay the players and the, the league just couldn't happen. Yep. And the same thing can be said for a lot of the leagues. Luckily, Slovakia, uh, like I said, it's so it's, it's the most popular sport in Slovakia. So my understanding, which is limited, it's all broken telephone translation, but that uh, we got some uh, government help and uh, luckily the league was able to play with, with empty stadiums, which was, which was weird. Uh, yep. But but luckily, you know, like I said, I got to play, so I'm happy. At least if we're not on the road, someone's not throwing or yelling at you or something, though, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's part of it. I almost prefer it uh, than the empty stadiums, but but of course, yeah. Yeah, it's good that we're starting to see a little bit of normal, I guess, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, whatever that may have been. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't been back in Canada, actually, in, since before the year before the pandemic. So my normal and what, what you guys have experienced is a little bit different. Oh, and it's, uh, and I think Scott can attest to this, you know, America's a little bit more loose than Canada. Yeah. Just, yeah. You can say that. <laughs> I don't just going to say that. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been different. I know Florida has certainly been the freedom state, uh, has certainly been, been its mind of its own. No offense to Florida listeners. I know we have a few, uh, but here in Canada, it's especially in Ontario, we were the last province to really yeah. open yeah. up, right? It's, it's, yeah. It feels like it's been going on forever. And my fiance and I got back from the Cayman Islands. It was three days before it went into lockdown. Okay. And it was just shook. Like we, I remember getting to the Houston airport, then going to, going to Pearson in Toronto and then coming back, everything, everyone was in panic, right? Masks. Everyone was worried. It was absolutely bonkers. Right. So no one knew what, what exactly was the extent of, no, yeah. No, so that's interesting. But back to hockey, of course. We're talking yes. about it here. Scotty, uh, back over to you. I know there's more we got to dive in with uh, James's experiences overseas. 
Yeah, James, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, professional hockey career in Europe. You played in four leagues, including Slovakia, where you're currently playing. You already mentioned the um, EIHL there in the UK. You also played in Germany and Austria. The question I have is, what's been the biggest difference between the four leagues? Uh, you did mention that Slovakia hockey is very popular. In the UK and Germany, it's popular, but soccer certainly is king. Uh, just uh, between the four leagues, what's been the biggest difference uh, between the four? and the biggest surprise I think as far as from a player perspective um yeah that's I mean the leagues are all quite quite different I played uh so uh you know you can kind of classify the the different nationalities um as their kind of prototypical player and that kind of goes with the league and then when you have the different import numbers that kind of uh influences a lot of what what you'd see in that league um, so I guess I would say like the EIHL has 14 imports and a lot of those guys, they, they offer a schooling package there. Like a lot of guys get to, to go to school. So you'll see a lot of high-end guys that'll get like a master's degree or get a bachelor's while they're playing there. Wow. And, uh, and it's, it kind of has like a, like a high level of an East coast league feel. Um, I don't, it's hard for me to ever say better or worse, you know, it's been so long, but people always sure. ask me what's it compared to. But it kind of has like a very structured, uh, disciplined North American feel in the EIHL. Uh, I think it's like seven imports in Austria. It, the numbers go up and down one or two a year kind of thing. And Austria is kind of, um, you know, a little more in the middle. Like it's got the European skilled game, but it still has a little bit of the, the North American edge. When I played in Germany, I played in the second league. They only had four imports there. And it's kind of like a feeder league for the, for the DL, which is the, one of the top leagues in Europe. And they have a lot of, you know, young uh, German players that are trying to make their way up to the top or older guys that are kind of coming down. And then the imports are relied extremely heavily on like power play penalty kill. So it's, it's great for like, for me to get to play a ton and uh, in that league, but it's a, it's a fast young league. So it's a little more chaotic, but it's guys with a lot of skill and it's quick. Uh, not great for me since I'm big and slow. And then, uh, <laughs> um, and then Slovakia is kind of a mix and yeah, it's, it's, it's a quite skilled league. It's not, not a lot of, not a lot of toughness, but, um, but it's a lot of, a lot of skill. Yeah. See, that's the one thing I was actually going to get into next. The perfect segue yeah. was that European hockey and North American hockey are two different animals. Okay. And, yeah. and if people aren't familiar and James can attest to this, and we've had numerous guests say this, the speed over in Europe, the ice is bigger, right? The, I think it's more of a less contact, more skill type. Yeah. Feel. Is that, I think that'd be the fair way to put it where the national hockey league and in North America, it's, it is getting to that uh, because look at Connor McDavid, right? But, the, you know, there's guys like that, that you start to see more speed and skill and that toughness is coming down. But that two-way type player mentality is not going away. You look at guys like Zach Hyman. Those are guys that are still always going to be in the National Hockey League. But overseas in Europe, it's different when it comes to that physicality side, right? So someone like yourself who has good size, okay, no one should, let's say it flat out, no one should fuck with you, okay? I would advise against that. Uh, but nonetheless, you go to how do you how'd you come accustomed to that and i know you've been there different leagues as scott mentioned to a few years now so it's not like it's really new to you but when you first came over till now i'm sure there was a big adjustment kind of in your game that you had to realize uh, to change to adapt to that or did you just keep status quo um yeah i mean it's like you said like the ice is bigger so the, the game is definitely a lot different and when i was playing in the I mean, I played in the AHL and then in the East coast and it was, you know, it's, they're hammering at home. You got to like finish your checks. You got to like make sure you're getting the bumps on the guys, make sure the defense are always looking over their shoulders. And then I got to Austria and I think it was like my second exhibition game. And I hit a guy like, you know, one steamboat, two steamboat. I thought it was fine. And I got, uh, I don't know if I got tossed. I might've just got a penalty. But uh, the coach afterwards, who actually was coaching uh, Dave McQueen, he coached one in uh, Sarnia when I was okay. uh, in the OHL. And he was my coach in Austria. And he just kind of said, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you're in Europe now. Like you can't, you don't take runs at guys late at all. Like you, you just turn away from that one, which had never even been something that I had occurred to me, you know, like just turn away from a hit and leave, just don't bother. <laughs> so that was a, like kind of an eye opener. And then you just have to kind of find your, uh, find, find that line and walk it because, I mean, for me to be effective as a big guy playing here, I need to have still a bit of a level of toughness to my game. Yeah. And then, 
Um, but you obviously can't go overboard and it's, it's definitely not the same. No. And then you play overseas and Scott, I'll let you transition into this is that you had to make the decision to come to Europe when, after playing in the American hockey league in the East coast, and you started mm-hmm. in Austria uh, is where it all started. So, so Scott, I'll let you kind of get into the, the point of the transition from there. Cause we're going to talk about the American hockey league experiences there, but you yeah. had, you had a decision to make to go there, but Scott, I won't steal your thunder. Well, you kind of gave the question away, David. And that was going to be my next question is, you know, looking at playing in the um, American Hockey League and the East Coast Hockey League for a few years after your juniors. uh, What was your driving uh, factor as far as playing over in Europe? Uh, Did you sit down and look at options or just give our listeners an idea of what went through that decision? Yeah, so obviously a lot goes into it. You don't make a decision like that lightly because effectively when you're like going to Europe, in my situation anyway, it was – for sure. Like I was giving up on the dream, right? Like if I had, you know, if I had gone back to the East coast league and, and lit it up or, you know, and then got a night chance, maybe I signed an AHL deal and maybe it's still alive, but effectively if I'm leaving and I'm going overseas, it's over. So the thing was for me that um, I'd had like a mediocre season in the East uh, ECHL. I had one call up and the thing is that in a player in my situation, you probably wouldn't get um, your ECHL deal or your AHL uh, camp invite until into September. And in the European teams, their teams are pretty much set because training camp starts August 4th or 5th or something usually. Right. So I had to set like I, it was the timing. It was like, you have an offer in Austria, which is a great league in a beautiful place. Do you want to go over there? And, and it's better money than playing in the ECHL as well. Um, cause you know, they take care of the taxes and the housing and that stuff. Yeah. So do you want to like make this, make this move and start your career in Europe? Or do you want to, you know, try and chip away and slug away and, uh, and, you know, maybe you'll get that chance to, to move up. And if you're, if you, if everything works out and the stars align, I, I don't know. Right. And I've seen guys that, that have stuck around and I'm like, I can't believe that guy's still doing it because it's, it's tough. And, um, what, uh, Alex Belzeal on, on Montreal, he, 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 I saw him playing in the NHL and I couldn't be happier for him. You know, like he just, he just, uh, it couldn't have been easy and, and he deserves everything that he's achieved. So I'm, I'm super proud of that guy. Yeah. You had to grind. You have, that's, you brought up a good point there. You have a tough decision to make, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has that dream when you're young, you know, mine and my driveway was shooting pucks in my net thinking I won the Stanley cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs for the first time in 40 years at that time, or maybe actually less. Now it's been 54 years at this current time of recording that Toronto hasn't won. Uh, so you have that dream, right? To live, win the cup or to play for your favorite NHL team or just play in the national hockey league. But then there comes times where it doesn't work out and then you got to think of other options and that's tough, right? You, you, you're, you're, but you made a change over, that is nothing to be obviously, and you know this, nothing to be ashamed of because you went to, you're in a competitive league in Slovakia. And yeah. I actually envy individuals, not, yeah, being an NHL, cool, it's awesome. I have no, I envy that to a full T, but to, to be able to go overseas and see the difference, uh, different worlds, different cultures, th- that is stuff that people try to accomplish on their bucket list in life and they don't have that chance. And yeah, sure. You know, I'm sure there's, there's obviously places you haven't visited yet in the world. Uh, but you know, you had, you were able to continue playing. And I think that's the dream to be honest. I think living the dream is still playing in the thing you love the yeah. most. I mean, I, I even, I feel it now uh, as I get older, even more. And I see like the younger guys walking around the room <laughs> and uh, I remember being 25 and just being like, ah, like, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this grind, you know? Yeah. And then now I'm like clawing for it. Like I'll do extra, I'll do whatever it takes. And I like have a renewed passion, especially when the pandemic hit. And I said, like, I wasn't sure. I thought I might be kind of forced into retirement yeah. and then getting it like a second chance here in pop rad. Like I definitely haven't taken it for granted. And I'm, I'm super thankful that I did get the opportunity. And I mean, last year, I think I made pretty good on, uh, I had a pretty good season. So they, they asked me back, which, which was, which was nice for me. So, uh, I definitely feel it. Uh, like you said, you know, you're li- living the dream and I don't like, you can say it's kind of like a paid vacation. Um, I mean, it's work and here, especially like Slovakia, even maybe one of the most demanding countries with the, the work ethic that the guys put in here, it, it's, it's a lot, but, uh, but like I said, like I, I love it every day. So, yeah. 
See, and you're a 90 birth year. I'm a 91. Uh, Scott, I won't be yeah. you're, you're an 86, Scotty. You're yeah, that's it. <laughs> 86 birth year. Uh, no, but you, a lot of, I feel like we're almost between 90s, 91s, two, threes, and maybe fours. That's the last era of that tough, right? That like, I'm not saying <laughs> that they're not every, tough. Every, I think every era kind of thinks out of themselves. <laughs> but maybe, yeah. I feel like that's the, where the big drop the mitts at any time. Like, I, I, like yeah. It's different, right? And, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, I think we've experienced like yourself and even when I played or when even when back in the 80s and 70s when, other, when our parents played, whatever it may have been, the game has grown and changed and it's changed for the, I think the great right now, but just the opportunities to go overseas. I envy that. So you're, you know what, despite that you had to make the transition, I think it yeah. worked out, but we're going to yeah. keep working backwards. And sorry, I, just, yeah. just quickly, let me just touch on the fact, like the timing of it all makes it super frustrating. Right. Yeah. Cause maybe like an AHL team would have been like, Oh, we need a right winger. That's, you know, yeah. that fits the mold, but that wouldn't have happened until like September time. And I had to, report in, in august so that the timing of it all too it makes it uh because the, the seasons don't line up at all and that's one of the biggest things where you've got this great op- opportunity in austria so you're going to pass that up for nothing and i'm terrible every summer i don't have a contract i'm just not chewing off my fingernails going like i don't know who's going to call and you know you had a good season you're confident something's going to happen but it's never been my strong suit just waiting around for the phone to ring Anyway, so that that is a big factor when you're when I made my move to come to Europe. Oh, that's a good. You know, honestly, yeah. it's Austria, Slovakia, Germany. You know, I'm I'm nothing against where you're playing. I think you're happy to be there. But you know what? Yeah. I'm playing in Italy too. I'm sure. You know, yeah. Switzerland. Everyone who has different areas to play, leagues are great there. So it's it's never over unless you. Yeah. Say it's well, over, right. Every every league's got its pros and cons in Europe, as as does I'm sure North America as well, and. Oh, I've heard stories about Russia and I'm not tripping Russia on here, but uh, oh my goodness, both the money, the cash deals, guys with guns. I've heard it all. It's hilarious. Uh, You didn't say any of those stories. So I'm glad that it's more safe there than that. (laughs) No, Slovakia is very, yeah, no, there's, they're very, uh, everything's above, above board. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're, we'll go back now. We're going to talk about this going to be topic two and three. We'll just, we'll kind of dissect your HL and everything, but we like, Having this specific point then to bring out our draft story. We talk about it with every, every guest. And yes, we've had undrafted individuals on the show, but they always get that NHL contract. So there's always still a story to what led you to your way. So obviously you were in the Ontario hockey league. You got picked up in the third round uh, by St. Louis, of course. And then I know you, you got, you were involved in the kind of the Kings organization too. You're with the sharks and in the, uh, in the AHL. So, but that day you got drafted in 2008. Uh, Where were you? Did you know that it was going to be St. Louis? Was there other teams in touch with you? Basically, was there a GM that pulled you in office and threw an apple at your head? Like they did at Mike Zigamanis or like what, what kind of, uh, what kind of draft stories? do you um, Yeah. I haven't thought about this in a while. So I guess, um, I guess we would have to kind of go back to the combine first. Cause I was uh, interviewed by I mean, 10 or 15 of the teams. And obviously I was, I was pretty confident I was going to get drafted. Um, but I didn't really know. Cause you know, those you're, you're looking at those projection things and putting way too much pressure on everything and um, the anxiety of it and excitement of it all. Um, I, I regret not going to the draft. Uh, that's something that I wish I had done, even though uh, so my agent's, at the time was uh, very adamant that it's not worth it. And, and during those years, I don't know if you remember, but I remember vividly because it, it was so relevant to me at the time. Like Don Cherry was talking about, uh, he's like, don't go to the draft kids. Like look at him up there waiting. He's, he's crushed. He's heartbroken and he didn't get drafted. He's like, no point in him being there. You can watch it at home. And uh, I guess that's probably true for some people, but for me, like that would have been a experience I'll never forget just to be at the draft and then have hear my name called as it was, I was, uh, you know, I was tattered nerves and I was, um, pacing around the house. So the Friday night was the first round. Obviously I didn't go, I didn't expect to go. And then the next morning, I think it started at nine o'clock and I was up at, you know, seven or whatever. And just, yeah. Pacing around like wondering who did I, so I did, I didn't know the question. I didn't have any idea who might take me or, or when, um, I know that there's teams that were interested, but I wasn't, I uh, wasn't sure. And then I went outside and I just started uh, 
shooting, shooting free throws in the, in the driveway, just trying to keep my mind off things. And finally the phone rang and it was Al McGinnis and he said, you're going, you're, you know, we just took you. Oh. So that was pretty cool. And it was like a really emotional moment too. Cause it was kind of like, it finally happened. Like I've been thinking about this for so long and I'm getting a call from a guy who's a, an idol. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, and then after that, you know, we just called, uh, called my grandpa and called everyone and, you know, a couple tears and, I don't know. After that, it was just a, a rush. And then this, I remember St. Louis calling me saying, Hey, we got like a development camp next week. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to graduate from high school. <laughs> no, you're going here. So I missed like my prom. I missed my graduation, everything. Um, which I'm sure everyone would have traded places with me at the time, but, but I still also miss like, that would have been a cool thing to do since my whole ho- life's been dominated by hockey. And like, I never got to have some of those milestones, but, uh, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was a it was a whirlwind, but it was it was amazing. That's that's not a bad trade off, eh, Scott? Or would you have rather went to prom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't go to my prom, and I had no excuse of a development camp for not going. So much better excuse for James right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but Scotty, I'll let you uh, if, get uh, dive into a bit more with the draft side, as you know, it's it's. And a rewarding feeling to get drafted still, no, no matter what it is. And I don't yeah. believe in the Don Cherry reference. I've always been a fan of Don Cherry. I don't know if anyone's going to unsubscribe by me saying that. Uh, but I always had the Rock'em Sock'ems growing up, right? It, it's it, it's He's legendary, but you still got to – you can't have any regret with that because you still got drafted. But, uh, Scotty, I'll uh, yeah. get it forward to you. Yeah, James, just looking at your Ontario Hockey League career, uh, certainly a, a very long career in the OHL, playing five years, three and a half to the Greyhounds, and then you get traded to Plymouth, where you ended your uh, OHL campaign. Now, the question I have is being from uh, Halifax, uh, what decisions uh, were made for you to want to play in the OHL? Did you have a choice, or how did that all come about to play for uh, Sault Ste. Marie? Um, I, I was actually living in just north of Toronto in Newmarket. So okay. my my father was in the, uh, the air force and we moved around and then we, so I was born in Halifax and we also lived on the, the West coast. And then we, we settled down in, in new market, just North of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then I played for the minor league teams there and that made me OHL, uh, eligible. So I was, was going there and, uh, I was really big, really big boy, high, high rated prospect going into the OHL, um, and Hartsburg being the coach in Sault Ste. Marie, you know, that, that name was, uh, was, was huge. And he, he just won the gold medal in the world juniors and everything. So, um, Erie was fourth and, uh, that was a place that at the time now, I think maybe the, the perceptions changed a little bit since McDavid's been there, but, um, at the time, nobody really, they didn't have a good reputation. So it was like, well, if you take me, I'm probably going to go to school. Cause I'm not, I'm not sure I want to leave the country or whatever, you know, the reason was, and uh, they, then it was like, the Sioux probably going to take you. You're going to go up and play for Hartsburg. And that was an exciting, uh, that was an exciting moment to go up there. See, playing for the Hounds, you know, we're going to dive into that. Hartsburg, yeah. all known on this show. He's one of our casual hosts, very casual, if you will, but there's something <laughs> very casual, may I add. Yeah, he's a, he's been absent since the pandemic almost, but it's a <laughs> legend, legend and such a great guy. Yeah. But we'll, we'll dive into the Sioux, but having you, you know, having that experience in the Ontario Hockey League, and then you got dealt to Plymouth, which we'll all dive into. But you had the AHL once you got out of the OHL. And as I mentioned to listeners, we're going to go backwards a little bit uh, with this. Uh, and the, Amer- the American Hockey League. So mm-hmm. when you went to the American Hockey League, what was the expectation? that was given to you was like, all right, you know what? You're kind of a bigger dude. We need you to be, you know, that uh, six foot, you know, 190, 180 pound type guy who's going to go in the corners, get the puck out, you know, and maybe give the puck to, I think at the time would have been maybe David Packus, you know, something, something like that. Or, or was there an expectation for yeah. you that they told you? So first of all, I got back up just to touch here because I got drafted by St. Louis and then, I went back obviously to Sault Ste. Marie and I didn't sign with St. Louis. Okay. So I, I played in the OHL and then I played, um, I went to two um, camps with St. Louis, two main camps. Um, That was a great experience. St. Louis is is a cool place and a great hockey town actually. And, um, but they, that draft, I think I was the third, uh, one of three picks in the third round alone. St. Louis was struggling those years and uh, they had a ton of draft picks and I, I, didn't 
produce whatever I fell through the cracks and they just said, you know what, it's not going to work out. So I go back from my OHL year with no contract thinking that I'm going to, um, probably go to school like CIS and, and, uh, maybe, you know, get an education. And I had no points in Plymouth, um, at like Christmas time. And then I don't know what happened, like something switched, switched on. And I ended up with 50 points And San Jose then actually, um, offered me an entry level deal. So I signed with them and then I went uh, the next year after my OHL, um, my overage year, sorry, I went to uh, Worcester. So I went to San, San Jose's camp and then I went to Worcester and that was the AHL team. And uh, so to your question, um, the expectation was like, you're a pro now. We want you to learn and we want you to be able, like the thing was that San Jose was such a strong team at the time. They had just been, I don't know, second or third, you know, conference uh, finalists or whatever. And their team was pretty much set. They had 14 guys on one-way deals as far as forwards go. So what I need to do at this point is impress the hell out of somebody. Or if a fourth liner gets hurt or somebody gets hurt and the lines get shuffled around, I can jump into that position. So I don't think it was great for my hockey development per se, but I was kind of a robot that was ready just to be plugged into one of these positions. Like you need to be, we, we worked on practice. We worked on a, like a ton of tipping. So just be, being in front of the net. I was always pretty good at protecting pucks in the corner. That was one of the strong strides in my game. And they loved that. So they wanted me to get the pucks in deep and go and, you know, hit a guy and then own the pucks in the corners and then go to the net as hard as you can be strong defensively penalty kill, like these types of things. But they, they, we would even have conversations where it's like, I mean, scoring too many goals is never my problem, but they would say like, just because you score goals, it's not really putting you up on our, or down on our depth chart. We want to see you doing these things and those things because, you know, we got guys that score goals. That's not going to be you. So we need you to be able to do, you know, and fighting was like a bonus. They never once said that I should or shouldn't fight, but I feel like looking back probably when I was in their good graces was after I had had a couple of good fights and I kind of wish I'd done that more as much as at the time, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't mind doing it. I enjoyed it. You know, it's a rush, but I also didn't love it either. Like I wanted to be a player obviously. So. See, and then there's the things too, where when you were there, there's Yanni Gord, I believe was there. If I saw. Yeah. I played with yeah, Yanni, yeah. yeah Yanni, who's uh, obviously a Stanley cup winner multiple times with Tampa. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, there's Nieto, uh, DeMello, I believe you played with uh, Freddie Hamilton, who was a, big prospect at the time because he obviously had his time in the world juniors. Uh, and then the, after, unfortunately, again, another what if scenario, like we were talking about uh, already off of there. So it's, there was a, in, in San Jose's farm system, there's been some good like development and good players uh, yeah. and obviously a good organization. Jumbo Joe played there for, for years, obviously Marlowe, all those guys have been there and they just couldn't win. Right. San Jose, just couldn't win. And overall, though, you spent some time. It's a good deal of time there of your American Hockey League career there with the Sharks. So, you know, I'm, you must have you playing with these guys. You know, you had a good core group of guys and you've had some friends that have also had some success like Yanni and uh, mm -hmm. you know, DeMello's played and the Edo's kind of moved up. Like people have moved up that you've played with. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been lucky to play with a lot of guys that have had NHL experience. Um, like... Yanni Gord, he was lucky that he went down to the East Coast League, actually, the year that I was there. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, he's getting the last laugh, right? Like, he, he got sent down, and uh, I was staying there as a full-time AHL guy. And then he ended up – I don't think he re-signed with, with Worcester, and he ended up going to a different team, and that kind of launched his his career and opportunity. And, and the thing is, like, when you're dealing with, like, AHL players – there's so many guys that are right. Like the, the margins are so close because there's a lot of guys that are just so right on that cusp. They're all very, very good hockey players. And like for guys like that, like, like myself, like in a different situation, like we had, we had hardly any call-ups at all. And if you're good enough to make the NHL, you're going to make the NHL. I'm not, I'm not making excuses for me not getting there, but that same year when I had like 20 points or whatever it was, um, Ottawa was, wasn't doing well. And they, I think it was, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of their farm team, but, but they, they called up like 14 guys that year and we had one call up. That was always the same guy. So, 
in Bimington, right? I, I think I might have butchered yeah. that. Scott, yeah, yeah. Scott Michael. Around, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Close yeah. enough. <laughs> but 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 that's just the difference right and, and that's and the margins are so like yeah anyway it's it's so oh there's uh, there's a <laughs> lot of what if and a lot of people like yeah always like, always yeah there's so many players and somebody that i'm sure you might remember brett thompson uh yeah like, i saw him uh i saw him in an exhibition game when he, they came to fife it was i didn't expect to see him at all it'd been years yeah there's a guy that had 50 goals uh, in the Ontario Hockey League and has there's someone that was my age grew up uh, didn't really play with him he was ahead for a lot for a good deal of time till I got a little bit older but there was a guy that was one of the best players in the Sioux uh, as he transitioned to the Ontario Hockey League and there's a guy who got 50 goals he was fire in the Ontario Hockey League and then just that he was too small or there was something yeah. in his game and you know there's always that one thing that they find and then you end up here but what if you would have ended up here and, yeah and like again i'm bringing up mike zigamanis for this example was a prime example he brought up uh luke shen and you know he also i also had a conversation with justin pogi and that's the the biggest question I had for Pogi was about Toronto. And if it wasn't Toronto, what if it was, what if it was him that got traded to Boston, right? What if not to Garask him? There's all that what if side of things. And yeah. I feel like I'm a Marvel director saying what if right now. Yeah, that gnaws it's, at you a little bit. Oh. Yeah. It's just so many stories like that. But you know what? Yeah. The things that we know did happen uh, is uh, everything worked out the way for you. But before we're going to get to our last topic here, and I'll, I'll let Scott segue it. You had time here in the suit, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and that was going to be my question right there, David, as far as your overall experience, James, in Sault Ste. Marie, certainly a community that lives, eats, and breathes junior hockey. On this side of the border, we have a Division One college hockey team with the Lake yeah. State Lakers. Just overall, your experience in Sault Ste. Marie, you're here for three and a half years. How was it? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. I could, I mean, I have so many memories. I was, uh, or is yours? <laughs> I, yeah. I went to, uh, um, I mean, I got, I went to Boating. That was great. I had so many ice. I have uh, friends from there still. I had an um, amazing billet family, the Thibodeaux who, uh, who I keep in touch with. I was really fortunate to, to be housed with people that were, were amazing and caring. And, uh, they, they were huge hockey fans, but they were just, they were great people and, and they did everything they could to make me feel comfortable. And, and, um, I'm, I'm really thankful and grateful for that. And then, uh, you know, I just got a lot of cool experiences being in a place, like you said, that's so, um, that's, that, that loves the hockey so much. They're so passionate about the junior hockey there. Um, like, it, I don't know, there's too much to say. Like I, I have a couple of memories, like uh, playing in Lon in London when we won and like, we had a big brawl at the end and it was the playoffs and we came back, back to the Sioux and it was like three in the morning getting home. And there was hundreds of people outside cheering us on. I'm 18, 17, 18 years old. Like it was, it was really cool. Like uh, things like that. And I don't, yeah. So, so there, there's so much, you know, and, and I got uh, on the hockey side, I got to play with great players. Um, like you said, like Muzzin was my, uh, the captain one year and we were, we were really close when we played together um Simmons was the year when we took uh, we went on the run when I was there um he was one of the top guys um now, who beat you that year I was trying to think of that it's your, it was it's your, Kitchener yeah, yeah that's right it was Kitchener you know that was the year that you know people <laughs> there was a recent year too that <laughs> Uh, three years ago that we thought was going to be the, the another what if scenario, but uh, yeah. like how, you know, there's the a lot of runs that they have and this community is absolutely bonkers. And I mean that with respect and I, I can't say that I'm, I'm a Suite. I, I'm, I'm full out saying that, that we are passionate about the house. Yeah. Okay. And the, with the new arena. Okay. And I got a little critique here. You know, you don't have to agree or not agree. I wish they would have made it bigger. Uh, I feel like they could have made it uh, about 300 to 500 more seats. So they could have been able to attract more events here for the Sioux. Uh, like yeah. the more, I know they put in bids for the more, uh, for the, for the Mem cup and who knows, they still might get it this upcoming year. Cause at the time of this recording, there is no announcement, but uh, we have a community that's so, so passionate and just wants to win. And I remember your team, like <laughs> that, yeah. that, that year that you did lose to Kitchener. Yeah. Uh, if you got past Kitchener, I feel like that would have been a special moment. Yeah, they uh, afterward because that was the conference finals, and I think after Kitchener beat us, they—I'm pretty sure they steamrolled. I think it was Belleville. 
yeah. to go to the Memorial Cup. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been yeah another. What sure what I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know what? The year before that actually was 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 really really special. That was my underage year, and that year especially there wasn't really high expectations for me. You're just getting there. You're learning. You're 16. Or, yeah. And uh, we ended up upsetting Saginaw in six games, and that was a huge deal. Yeah. And then we went and played London and that's what I was, what I was talking about before. And we went to game seven with them and that was the year they had Pat Kane, Sam Gagne, Sergei Stitson. Like it was unbelievable wow. thinking back pretty how good, good they were. Pretty yeah. good roster. And their goalie was uh, Steve Mason. Steve Mason. played in the yeah. NHL forever. Mason, so like yeah. they were, they were wild yeah. and we, we gave it everything and, and we, we had a good run. So, so that was a, that was a cool year too, being the underdog and doing so well. What was your spot in the Sioux? like your restaurant, you know what? I, it's okay that they're not a sponsor on the show. We can, we can plug other things. Yeah. We used to go over to uh, Joey Calzone's in the mall there after the Calzone. game. Is that still around? Oh, closed. Uh, it, it, it's get closed. It, I, I, Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I should know from being in here near Sumish, Scott, but I think it's been about six years since. Is it? I, actually, I, I think I knew that because I had a, uh, the mall, I'm not going to lie, is a little bit of oh, – how do I say this without sounding like a complete asshole? Uh, it, needs, <laughs> it needs a revamp. Uh, it's a bit dated. Uh, people are actually hoping that that place gets rid of it and, and they start making outlet places. You know, yeah. it kind of open up that because you're right on the, the boardwalk, right? It, it's, hmm. it's a beautiful spot. Gorgeous. There's so yeah, much yeah. potential that you can do uh, yeah. and move those stores to be like outlets downtown, maybe upgrade Gore Street, which was an eyesore before you used to call it eyesore Gore. Uh, it's been changed now. <laughs> uh, and now you can make Queen Street. It, there's some businesses were affected of, of the pandemic, which is sad to see. Of course, local businesses yeah. have struggled. Yeah. Uh, but you can have maybe those stores go there, but you have the mall that was in there and it was, you bet you before joey calzones and okay. after that, i only knew it as joey calzones, calzones. But, so that yeah. after calzones there's really been nothing there but a store uh yeah. but uh yeah, there's been that's a that's a pretty that was a pretty good spot it was like our own east side mario's almost that's right yeah no it was good i i really liked it there and and joey was the owner and he was he was super friendly with the with me and the other guys and then when i got a little older uh obviously we went to docks here and there yeah. and uh one time I snuck across, I guess the statue of limitations has run out now. I, I snuck <laughs> over to the, to the bar in uh, Sioux, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was enraged then too, but that was, uh, that was a wild night. <laughs> I, was, I was worried the whole time I was going to be discovered, but no, we had a great time. Yeah, that was fun. I think top hat was, was there when you were here. I think it must have had top, but you were, uh, you weren't, you were only 19 for two of the years, right? I believe we would have been 19. For yeah. One, I think only one, even one. And, yeah. So like yeah. certainly, but in the Sioux and you can attest this, it's a beautiful city to go even hiking and do a lot of outdoors things. Like yeah. uh, we had the opportunity to go to Robertson's cliffs. I know that was still kind of fresh at that point, but it's a well-known hiking trail here just outside of town. Uh, but the Sioux, like stories can go endless and I'm sure yeah. uh, there's maybe even more kind of higher, like R rated stories per se that you don't have to dive into. But <laughs> well, well, I remember one, like one thing we did uh, was Muzzin's billets. Um, I guess I won't, I won't say their names, but it's, it's <laughs> nothing bad, but they, they had a snowmobile in the back and like we'd come home after practice and we tied a rope to the snowmobile and we were uh, snowboarding behind, like around their property and everything. And, Lucky we didn't get hurt or something doing that, that but i mean that's that's nothing too crazy but we had a lot of fun uh, yeah. i was looking at that trailer for the toronto maple leaf thing on amazon i know he's in his backyard i think golfing with zach bogosian back there so oh yeah <laughs> i can see muzz having a little bit of uh, a little bit of fun outside of the he's a, yeah he was a he's uh, he still is we, we don't we don't chat very much anymore but he's uh he's an outdoorsy guy yeah and i used to hang out with uh with kinger uh dylan and uh that guy hit me. Now a little bit. What's we, that? Have, we have a mayor's league. It's called in town. And we played, okay. my team was the game sports show. We played in the finals against this big alpha team. They were called, they're always, they always win. It was, it's either them or, or Mr. T that always win. They're called Bucci's and Kinger is on this team. Okay. okay. And they have guys like Jordan Smith, uh, Greg Amadio. They have, they have guys that are really yeah. good hockey big players. Yeah, yeah. Big name, and they're all defense. Okay. So like in men's league, as long as you have a good goalie in defense, you're probably yeah. going to win. Uh, yeah. But I'm going yeah. down the right side. 
Okay. Kinger being Kinger because, you know, great guy, love Kinger, but he yeah. decides to forget that it's men's league <laughs> and decides to lay the body. Okay. The last time I've been hit that hard was probably Jake Muzzin at main camp at the hounds in 09. Okay. <laughs> like I got rocked and I remember oh, getting man. hit and laughing, but I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't he's a, he's a bear, man. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kinger was the, the one year when I got traded, that was the year that he, I think he led the whole league in fighting that year. And he's just such a nice soft-spoken guy, yeah. but he's like a fridge too. Like he was so solid and I can't imagine <laughs> I'm happy. I'm not getting hit by him. That's for sure. <laughs> no, you know, I think he might've took his foot off the gas a little bit. Cause I know that wasn't a full Dylan King. Head. If yeah, I had a full yeah. Dylan King, and I don't know if I'd be able to speak about it, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, certainly, you know, that's it's, uh, it's a community that thrived. And of course, uh, or that thrives with hockey uh, and yeah. you were able to witness that, but you were also, we can't forget that you're trade to Plymouth. I know Plymouth isn't really a conversation anymore, but we have to yeah. give them a little bit of love. Yeah. Uh, of course, because I'm sure there's fans and fans make tune in. Before we finish on the suit, yeah. One other thing about the suit that was really cool for my experience was that I was uh, the first round draft pick. The year I got there was the first year of the new arena. Oh, so right. I got to experience like all the buzz and the um, just just the the atmosphere for this new, you know, like the old arena was so iconic and everybody spoke so fondly of it, which I unfortunately never got to experience. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. I, there's mixed, uh, mixed, mixed feelings on that from what I've heard from the guys, but yeah. what did they, uh, they used to say? Hey, it was good enough for Gretzky. Yeah. But, but the new building, like going into that and, and being like, being there to experience like the, the beginning of that was, was a really neat experience for me in the suit. Yeah. The steel back center. And that's that, right. What an Frank, awful sponsorship. I'm sorry. Frank D'Angelo <laughs> came out and sang the national anthem on the first night. Oh. He did like this crazy, like blues jazz rendition of the old Canada. And oh no. It was a real that was a treat. Yeah. God, no, no. I heard that there was like the boards were being held together by screwdrivers the first night because it wasn't <laughs> quite ready, but but they had to get everything just just so. That's such a suit thing. And the the old Mem Gardens, because now it's the GFL Mem Gardens. So they added the Mem Gardens name back. Uh, and they still have the tower, the the uh there's a name for it. I'm sorry, I think it's called Memorial Tower. <laughs> Actually, I think is what it's called. Uh, but they still all they've always kept that there, of course, as you know. Uh, but the, being at that old gardens, I can remember some games when Jeff Carter was there, Tyler Kennedy, that place was rocking. Okay, but I know before. Uh, when you came, it, it was a good arena. It was an old school arena, but they needed a change. It was leaky. Scott can probably test that too. I remember the rink was garbage. It's good that they switched it over. Uh, but, you know, it's, it was still an, it's still an iconic rink. And actually my fiance's father has his season seat in his sauna and it's just so, so it's oh, cool. nostalgic, right? It's nostalgic, yeah, yeah. right? And uh, it, well, the big thing was when they brought the Mem Gardens back to the new one, when they added that name to change it for the third time, because it's had three different names in its lifetime already. Uh, it's kind of, it's good to add that because that's what people in the Sioux remember it by, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but no, yeah. Uh, you have Plymouth. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll yeah. talk about Plymouth. Uh, you got dealt, how'd that, when you had to move from the Hounds to Plymouth, how'd that whole scenario go? uh we were doing i think we were okay that year it was like katnachi and cousins so like we were middle of the pack and we were doing okay and i had i was struggling a little bit and i looking back i mean i'm sure i had gotten like a little bit complacent there thinking that i you know i'd been there so long and, and it happens and uh lambert was the coach and denny and i still uh keep in touch occasionally and denny i remember getting called in with him and everybody and they kind of said like, you know, you have a no trade in your, in your contract. That was something that we got in there. And like, there's not going to be any hard feelings. If you say no, if you want to stay here, you can, but we think this would be a good opportunity for us and for, for you. And you'd go down to Plymouth play for Vellucci. And, and I thought on it and I, I didn't really feel like if I said no, that it would be a big deal, yeah. but I knew that Plymouth was like, I felt like they were, it was, more they were trying to get me than Sue was trying to get rid of me. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like if they want me and something new, like maybe this is what I need in my career at this time. So it was tough because it's all, it's, it's all I'd known uh, since, you know, leaving minor hockey, like this is my only junior experience was being in the Sioux. And I, I was very, like I said, very comfortable, probably too comfortable there. So, uh, so yeah. So anyway, I, I made the move and went down to Plymouth and it was, uh, definitely a whole new world like the way they do everything and um just different not 
not necessarily better or worse, but, but very different. And yeah, I mean, Tyler Sagan was on the team that year. Pretty good we, player. We were gearing up. Uh, yeah. So we were, they were building around him and trying to gear up to, to have at least a good playoff push. Yeah. And I was going to be a part of that. So made, it made sense for me to go and, and uh, Vellucci, he ran a very good program down there and I, I really enjoyed playing for him. Yeah. We, I know from what I can recall from the Sioux, it was kind of unexpected that you moved there. It was kind of that the trade happened. It wasn't like anyone was expecting it, right? There was, there's rumors in this town all the time in the Sioux. And, yeah. Uh, but there was never, from what I recall, I remember reading or looking into as well, there was never, it was kind of a surprise that that trade uh, went down for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what happened really behind the scenes. I've heard like little things here and there, but um, sometimes you just need a shake up and if you get move a piece and maybe it's going to be better, maybe it's going to be worse. And I think we ended up beating them in play, the Sioux playoffs that year when I was in Plymouth. So a little bit of, that's how it goes, right? little revenge, yeah. probably a little revenge. But, Scotty, I'll give the floor over to you before we wrap it up by, uh, to get anything you want to touch on with the OHL with either the Sioux or Plymouth. I kind of jumped in a little extra with the Sioux there. <laughs> I feel like we've covered that, uh, Dave. And, James, I guess my final question for you is we've gone back in your hockey career, but you're 31 years old, so you certainly have uh, plenty of hockey left in you. Uh, what's ahead for you as far as this season in Slovakia, your goals, and what you're hoping to accomplish this year? Oof. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've never been one for like, uh, numbers as far as goals go. I mean, I've, I've always kind of prided myself on doing, um, bringing some of the intangibles and, and not relying too heavily, but, but last year I, I did do decently as far as points go. And I'd like to build on those totals. Um, I've got a really good opportunity here on the, on the top power play, which is one last season was the best in the league. Uh, this, this year we lost one of the big pieces for our top power play. So, we'll see how it shakes out as far as that goes. But I mean, I, I definitely want to be a, a top guy here and put up numbers and, you know, like as much as I want to, I want to win here and I do, and you're always uh, in Europe, you're kind of, as much as you're playing for the team, um, you're also trying to set yourself up for the next year, you know, cause it's, it's, yep. so you got to be able to earn yourself a contract, whether it's uh, here or somewhere else. So if you're on a good team or a bad team, like you just got to show up and play. Like that. And I guess my final question would be, and we like asking a little bonus question at the end, like Scott just did there. My last one too, putting you around the spot. Okay. Actually, I was going to ask if you had more fun in the Sioux or Plymouth. I think we already know that. Answer. <laughs> uh, what in your time of playing OHL, AHL East coast, European, if you had to pick two line mates to play with, to build, to make a line for you yeah. to play with right now. And it could be from the same talent that it was before. Who would those two line mates be that you would want on your line besides you in that last minute of a game today that you've played oh, wow. your entire career for my whole career yeah of- yeah i'm making you think of that oh, far man. back if you had to think think of two players well, i mean these guys wouldn't be like the best guys i've ever played with okay. but like i guess they kind of jumps out my my mind like when i got to plymouth that that overage year when after christmas uh like like i said like it flicked a switch and i ended up just and everything and i got myself an initial contract uh we'd put together a line with me and mitchell hurd who he's playing in uh the second league in germany this year last year he was in the dell and jamie devane he was a fighter um in a fighter i shouldn't say that he's he's a good player he's, he could play obviously but he was tough as nails so i kind of say he's a fighter but he played uh, i'm not sure where he played now he played a couple games for the least, though. yeah he played yeah, yeah. Toronto. yeah i remember yeah, that but but we but we played in a line and it was one of those things where the chemistry was instant so that was one that like right that jumps out in my mind as those guys but then like i don't know some of the best players i've ever played with uh, it's i i've been so fortunate in my draft class there was so many uh high picks like in minor hockey i i was fortunate enough to play with um with like uh Stamkos that year and Del Zotto and those guys. And they're, they're amazing players. They've had amazing NHL careers. So I, I, Leonard, you know, could be the goalies. Oh, awesome, right? oh. yeah, he was, he was crazy guy. And, and he brought so much passion to the club and he, he still does. He's still doing it. It's amazing to see. 
Robin's actually a funny dude. I that was the one goalie I didn't score on a camp. I did it one time and he robbed me and he pat me on the back and said, Not today, rookie, and a little bit of an accent. Then he came. I was actually not to, I obviously didn't make it as fans and listeners will know. I've talked about my career numerous times on the show. But when you go to uh, the, I was working as a gas bar attendant while I was at school and playing hockey, he actually pulled up in his billets van to get gas and he got out and he said, <laughs> You're the guy that couldn't score on me. He's like, you know what? Since I stopped you, he's like, uh, you got to pay for my gas. And he said it in such a serious face. I was actually like, oh, shit. But he was kidding. Uh, but like, just a funny guy, right? Like, and he, he was, yeah. He is. He, is. he, is. he, he is. can still tell now when he's playing in Vegas his attitude, right? And yeah. And he's in, he can be intimidating too, like you said. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. A big guy and he's intense. So, yeah, for sure. Good, good goalie. Very good at Very stopping good. the puck. <laughs> intense and yeah, hardworking. Absolutely. So, uh, James, I want, we're going to get to the wrap-up portion here. I, don't know, I want to give you the floor on anything that we may have missed on, any other stories you want to dive into quick and, or, or, or longer, whatever you want to do, uh, anything that we may have not touched on or any kind of plugs you want to give. L- literally give you the floor, no time limits, uh, before we wrap up the show. Yeah, no, well, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I haven't thought about some of these things in a long time, so it's, it's – uh... It's cool to, to take that walk down memory lane, like you said. And, yeah. uh, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. Like you said, I'm pretty active. Wow. Every day is an adventure out here. I'm trying to do something new and experience it all while I'm here and butchering the language a little bit. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, follow me on uh, Instagram at James Livy, J-M-E-S-L-I-V-Y. Um, and I'm pretty active on there, so feel free to reach out, say hello. And... Other than that, yeah, just thanks for having me on. And this has been a great chat and wish you guys all the best. I saw when, when you asked me to be on here, I didn't really know uh, what, to, what to think, but I'd seen some of the other players. I think Bodnerchuk was one of the guys that you'd had on recently. Yeah. yeah. I played with him when I had gotten traded to LA, like the AHL. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I knew that he's a great guy and he's had a great career as well. So if he's doing a podcast like this, then for sure, I want to be a part of it. So, Oh, he's good. And obviously we've had a lot of great guests luckily. And, and, you know, I'm hoping one day that we can figure something out with Muzz. I'd love to have Muzz on here. I've had, remember having breakfast with him at the water tower one time. He won't remember that, but you remember these, little <laughs> things. you remember these things, right? Now that the yeah, guys yeah. at a certain level and, uh, but you know what, to the list, the guest list is certainly going to come on more. And obviously this transitions to our, uh, launch with video. Uh, we were actually just doing audio until August, 2021. So all this video is uh, very new and we're doing a lot of different things with our platform. So we wanted to definitely reach out to you, uh, not only because of your career, but just the hounds feedback. I know a lot of local people want to know what hounds are doing now. So uh, you're obviously a well-known hound. You've been here a long time and uh, you had a lot of love to say about the Sioux. So I'm sure a lot of Sioux fans will love to hear that. Yeah, no, I had a great experience up in the Sioux. So it, it's, it was cool when you reached out and I saw that, that you guys were based in the Sioux. And uh, I actually have one other story I'll give you quick. Yep. Shoot, so yeah. the one time we went to, uh, they asked us one day if we wanted to go play road hockey against the inmates in the maximum uh, security prison. Okay. <laughs> have you heard about this before? Yeah, from any they guys? do that. The Hounds did that. The Thunderbirds did that. And uh, the Sioux North Stars used to do that sometimes. So it used to be the, yeah. the high level teams would go do that. So we, they, they said like, oh, these guys listen to all your games and, you know, these guys have all been on really good behavior. So, you know, you have nothing to worry about. You go in there. But then when they're like giving us marks with invisible ink and checking it with the black light, then it starts to get real, you know, and then you're like, well, all right, we're really doing it. We're going in here. But we played it. We played a road hockey game and it was a lot of fun and everybody was really friendly and they were, they were super happy to, that we were, we were spending time with them and, and it was, I mean, then it kind of became like a little bit of a, like a scared skate straight program kind of idea. And we're all like, you know, hockey kids that are just like, yeah, we don't, we don't. <laughs> we're just playing hockey. So we're not, I don't think we're really the at risk that you need to worry about like right now, but anyway, so, but, but it was, it was cool. It that was like a, that was a crazy memory that sticks out. Cause I was just so unique and, and going in there and seeing what everyone was up to. Like that was, that was oh nice. yeah. That, <laughs> oh, oh God. And Scott, maybe you can answer this. Cause you might know this, but I met a guy in one of the inmates when I, we had to do actual hockey on the outside or street actual hockey. We were outside street hockey, but on the, uh, on the, in the outside there. And we, there was some of those in there for a marijuana bust. Okay. Uh, now I, 
I don't know if things changed, Scott, if anyone that was in jail in the States, I know in Canada, people were put away for marijuana. Things have kind of adjusted with those people that have had to go in there. Uh, but I can tell you, as James probably said, you know, go in there as a kid uh, and you kind of not working in that field, but you know, you can understand that field, Scotty, that must've been scary for James, you know, or I know I was scared going into yeah. prison. I didn't know what the hell to expect, but my whole oh, point of that is that I met somebody in there that had a charge for marijuana. Do you know mm-hmm. if anything's changed like that in the States, Scott, like if, if it's legal in a state and someone was put away in that state that their sentence has been kind of, you know, revoked or put down or anything like that? I think there have been some cases of that since it's legal in Michigan and certainly uh, th- those folks aren't uh, incarcerated as much, but yeah. I would never want to go into any of those facilities to play <laughs> hockey. And certainly if anybody asked me to hold their pocket, I would be running through the door. So more credit for you guys for going through that. Cause yeah. this guy's not going to be holding anybody's pocket in prison. <laughs> so no, uh, James, I want to say thank you. And Scott, I'll go over to you next. It was a definitely a pleasure uh, to have you on. We'll certainly be in touch. Wish you the best this upcoming year. Uh, this has been a great uh, special edition upload. It's also been a great little series that we're tying in with the Sioux Greyhounds and Sioux Greyhounds alum. So I want to say thank you for taking the time, Scotty. I'd echo that, James. Uh, best of luck this year in Slovakia, and we'll certainly keep tabs on your progress, and uh, certainly would love to have you on again as your career uh, continues. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's been great. So, yeah, anytime, let me know. Awesome. So this has been the special edition upload of the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. Getting to that conclusion, I'll make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all of our platforms. We're all over the place. Let's remind you, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, Podtail, Facebook, Instagram for Facebook and Instagram to tag at the Gain Sports Show or our website, thegainsportshow.com. Or, of course, now, as you can see with video, YouTube. So we're everywhere. And you can get the audio version, visual. You can see our pretty faces, our great guests, or you can just hear our great voices. It's always great content that we upload here. We always like to have fun. So getting to our conclusion now, I want to remind our listeners to keep the stick on the ice, swing their bats, catch touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.